Oh, hi, I'm Eddie. <laughs> and uh, David has Mateo, and I have Modelos, so it's a it's an Eminem team. It's going to be a, a good episode, a good bonus episode, as promised. We were going to review both finals. Uh, and since Argentina played Brazil first, let's go ahead and start with that final first, Eddie. You're a Boca Juniors fan. You're an Argentina fan. It's a good day for you. Uh, what's, what are your thoughts, initial thoughts? Um, at, at first, um, I thought... Well, thank God Argentina scored first, um, you know, and then I thought, well, Brazil's going to have to open up and go for it, and then it's not that they didn't, it's just that um, it was kind of how I expected it to go, a really tough, really South American, like, I hate you, like, you hate us, like, Let's just kill each other and see who wins. Um, shout out to Montiel for bleeding for his entire country because that was nasty. Um, was. David, um, I know that you gave mad props to uh, Rodrigo De Paul and he was your man of the match, correct? Yeah, De Paul definitely was my man of the match. I mean, I really am into the hard-nosed uh, central midfielders that are not afraid to get, you know, their socks dirty. He puts in a mean tackle, you know, but, you know, solid tackles. He knows how to carry the ball forward, find the pass forward. I'm a big De Paul fan. Um, you know, I think he's going to have a great season for Atletico you know, coming up. I wish he would play for like Manchester United. I think that's the kind of midfielder that they're missing. Uh, but he's definitely man of the match for me. I know Di Maria got it because he scored the goal, but De Paul, in my opinion, won the whole final. Uh, what do you think of Emmy? Oh, uh, Emmy, you know, did big things. Uh, it's um, it's not easy to shut out Brazil, even though. Um, you know, they don't have, like, say, an R9 or or an Adriano anymore. But one thing Brazil does know how to do is, you know, attack. Um, he did a great job um, saving that uh, that Gabigol attempt. Um, I honestly, I don't think he knew too much about it. He just kind of believed, like, oh, well, this is where it's going. So let me get there. Um so, so that was good. Um, also, I liked um, getting off of Argentina for a sec. I liked that we could hear Tite, even though um, there were 7,500 people in there. I liked that I could still hear Tite, you know, barking orders, telling him, hey, like, <laughs> they're trying to bait you to commit a foul. Like, don't, don't get baited. Don't fall or, into like, it. Press, press, you know, that, that's good. That's good. Um, I feel like besides Neymar, though, um, no one else really kind of played. I, I, I don't want to accuse professionals of, you know, not caring and not, you know, playing hard, but I don't think anyone else really showed up for Brazil. What about you? Um. I don't know if I would call it playing hard or 
you know, not being professional. I think the issue with Brazil is that besides Neymar, uh, they don't really have anybody that can pull off something special. Um, I mean, who started up with him, uh, basically just role players. I mean, I don't think Gabriel, uh, Gabriel Jesus, who's I think is one of their better forwards, didn't get the nod, uh, along well, with Neymar. Well, you know, neither did Firmino. Remember, Jesus couldn't play. He he got that red card and he got a two-game ban because oh, that's it was right. a straight red. That's right. But even then, Firmino to have you know a good, solid uh, focal point and yeah. leaving him on the bench. That's kind of like, I don't know if it was the players not showing up or maybe uh, the atmosphere of the team. It just wasn't there. Kind of, you know how they say it, uh, France lost the Euro because of a terrible camp. Maybe going into the final, just the confidence wasn't there with the other players. Because, yeah. uh, like you said, you touched on that. Neymar is the only one that showed up. I think he had a solid game. I mean, uh, Neymar fouled the shit out of him towards the end of the game, which I thought, or Messi fouled the shit out of Neymar towards the end of it, which I thought was great. Had to. Um, had to. Yeah. Had to be done. Was, but, but it showed, you know, he's the only one that was playing. Um, you know, United rep Fred had to be taken off at halftime. Not surprised. <laughs> Super flat. Um, you, you know why, though, right? Because Di Maria basically owned his side. Like, he was providing no defensive coverage for, for, for his defenders. Basically, That's exactly what I'm saying. They no no good choices anywhere. It was kind of like a yeah. uh, flat flat game. Nothing great from Brazil. They were kind of hoping Neymar was gonna somehow pull something out of nowhere, and it totally backfired. Um, you, you know what it reminded me of? Now that you kind of mention it, like, early, like prime Messi Argentina. Where it was like, well, just give the ball to Messi and see what happens. Like, Messi yes. will pull the round. Yeah, except, you know, this time it was Brazil and Neymar, you know? but Yeah, the opposite happened. Basically, Argentina, even though Argentina had, like, guys like Di Maria and Levesi and, you know, I'll always, I'll always hate. Iwain for missing that one-on-one with uh, Neuer, even though Neuer's Neuer. And even though, I think he was offside, right? Uh, I, I think they called it offside, but it could have definitely been a run that would have counted had he timed it. Like, it was all Iwain. Like, it was for sure, like, yeah. to get back quicker. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think Argentina, in my opinion, is one of the greater sides that didn't win anything for a while. Um, yeah. you know, and I'm not even just saying that because of Messi. I'm saying that because there was a time where Iguain was the best striker in the world and he was in the national team. Um, they do have Dybala, you know, they do have Angel Di Maria, who, even though I hate, you know, I do think he's world class. Uh, we talked about the Paul, Emmy, they have a uh, Sergio Romero before Emmy. They've yeah. had a great, you know, they've always had a great kind of squad. They've just been very unlucky. So it's about time that not just Messi's sake, but the whole national team's sake that they got a, a major trophy. You know, um, my uh, my ex-roommate, who's Argentinian, 
he uh he works for uh he works for Miami FC. So uh shout out to Milt. Um so I texted him. I texted him when Di Maria scored and he he didn't reply. And I was just like, well, it is a final. He is nervous, you know. Bro, when like he he texted me close to the final whistle and he's like, I can't believe it. He was like, I'm in shock. I don't know what to say. So Milt, if if you're listening besides Messi, like I was happier for like no one else in the world more than you. Um, you know, you basically lived your whole life and haven't seen Argentina win anything till yesterday. So shout out to Milt. Also, he says that. Well, actually, I'll I'll keep my comment for us privately off air because I I I don't want to get him in trouble at work. All right, fair so, enough. Fair enough. Remind um, me. Remind me. <laughs> I'll definitely remind you, and uh, let's talk a little bit about heartbreak. Um, as much as Neymar's crying gave me joy, um, Declan Rice's crying broke my heart. Uh, Marcus Rashford's miss broke my heart. Let's talk about Italy versus England. Let's uh, switch it over to Europe. And then okay. thoughts from you. Well, uh, David, in our in our pre-production meeting, um, uh, remember, I told you I'm going to go off. So I don't know if you want to get your thoughts in, like, before I go, because, oh. yeah. My so, audio left me. Give me a second here. You're back Let on me. my end. You're able to hear me there, Eddie? Yeah, yeah. You're, All right, cool, totally cool, cool. I just had a little bit, I just had a little bit of difficulties there to the end. But um but, Yeah, we're talking about Italy versus England. And what were your your final thoughts there? Oh, I I was saying I'm gonna go off so do you want to give your thoughts before I give mine? Because you might have to stop me at some point. And uh, gotcha. I want to give you, yeah, I'm, I'm, I want to give you a chance. All right. Well, um, I think first and foremost, we definitely have to question uh, Southgate's decisions. We could have definitely had a better team selection. We talked a, a bit of a pre- at the preview, talking about how. If uh, Southgate really wanted to win it, he should go all out. And he ended up not going as offensive as we hoped. Uh, went with the whole five at the back, pushing up the fullbacks uh, or pushing them as wing backs, which paid off with Luke Shaw scoring. But long term into the game, obviously it backfired um, with Bonucci scoring. And then the substitutes for me, uh, I kind of think they were trash substitutes. <laughs> Um, you know, instead of bringing on Henderson, honestly, I would have brought in Bellingham. Um, Jude is better, in my opinion, in these situations because he can shoot from far. Um, you know, instead of bringing on uh, Saka at that time, I probably would have brought in Grealish. He was uh, 
a magician, you know. And then let's talk about even the extra time subs. Uh, he brought in Marcus Rashford and Jaden Sancho with two minutes left, which obviously that was with an eye on penalties. But if you're going to do that, like bring in like people who are clinical. And this is coming as a Manchester United fan. Um, why not? Why not Calvert Lewis uh, instead of one of that or Calvert Lewis? He would have definitely. I think he would have put it in the back of the net. It wasn't just like England on England. Italy did play a good game. Um, they did exactly what we thought Italy would do, which was kind of set back and attack when they needed to and effectively attack. They knew if they took it to penalties, they had the mental edge, which you know we can kind of talk about uh, in terms of um, Rashford, Sancho, and Saka missing three um, in a row. I know Jorginho's got stops. So in my opinion, Jordan Pickford did absolutely everything in his power to keep England in the game. Everybody else kind of failed him around him, um, including the coach and Gareth Southgate. Um, Eddie, go ahead and go off. I'll uh, try to reel you in when I need to. Okay. Um, well, first off, I don't want to say I told you so, but I said put the pressure on him, score early, which you did, that's fine. But I said, make it a party. Keep it going. Give me a 2 3 nil, and, you know, post the rest of the way. But you cannot and should not try to out Italy. Italy. Italy's played this way since, since forever. What's, yep. Italy really, what's Italy really good at? Putting you to sleep, taking advantage of any mistake, I barely even noticed when Bonucci scored because I was falling asleep. But there were signs in the first half where Italy would just get the ball and be like, punt it long to Insigne, punt it long to Immobile. They had time there where they would put about 15, 20 passes together and, you know, not shoot because all... 11 of England's players were at the back there. And, you know, yes, you scored in the third minute. When when I texted you um, party time, I believe that was the text I sent you. I was like, oh, no, England's actually going to run away with it. Yeah, I was, I was wrong because I said that England needed to, like, send everyone forward. And I was wrong. I'm gonna look really bad on on my own podcast, but you know, England being England, uh, David, do, do you think it was like a oh we're up one nil, we've done enough, or like holy crap, we got lucky, let's just try and hold it? What do you think it was? I I think it was panic. Um, you know I. I can't really think of anything more than that. It kind of goes back to the mentality for Brazil heading into the final. Kind of how, like I said, that we don't really know exactly what they had to talk about in the, you know, um, pregame talk, the mentality of players coming in and just kind of expecting Neymar to do something. Um, I don't know exactly what England was thinking. I don't know if they were thinking we're playing at home, no matter what, there's going to be some kind of magic. Um, they... England threw it away. So uh, I have no idea what happened um, besides 
Southgate having to take brunt, the brunt of it because he did have the chance to win it, but he let his emotions run high. Um, I believe you brought it up when Henderson was brought on that it's, you know, his boy, Southgate's boy. Uh, Southgate was going to give him an appearance no matter what, even though Henderson yeah. didn't really have a season to remember. Um, I'm going to go back to Jude Bellingham, man. Like he had a great season for Dortmund, both in the league and the Champions League, played a great couple games in the Euros. And I think he would have been a difference maker. Let's not go with emotions. Let's go well, objectively. And that just didn't happen with England. You, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a huge Hendo guy. Like, I, I wish there were more Hendos out there to lead teams, you know. But does Southgate bring him off because Hendo's not a great penalty taker? Like, is that essentially it? I think he hit the panic button. Um, Hendo does take good penalties. He's taken penalties for Liverpool. Um, I wouldn't have taken him off for penalties, especially like for Sancho, um, considering Saka was still on the field. Saka, he was what, like, he's what, 20, 21, not even younger than that, actually. Um, I, I, I think, I panicked. think he's 19. Yeah, he's look, super young. He's a teenager. Why would he do look, that to him? Go ahead. Look, um, Remind me, who does Trippier come off for? Trippier ends up coming off for Marcus Rashford because he ends up playing um, right back. Uh, or are you talking about earlier in the game, he comes for Saka, doesn't he? I think so. But, but yeah, look, Saka. Not that, not that, you know, at that point when Trippier comes off for, for Saka, are you thinking, oh, well, this is going to go all the way to penalties, but be honest, you, you would trust Trippier more to to bury one, um, more more than you would a Rashford, a Sancho, or a Saka. Who I will apologize for all three of them because you cannot and should not put the hopes of your entire nation on guys who aren't even twenty two. Now let, let let's give credit where credit's due. Obviously, Donnarumma is is class. He's literally pin class since he was 16 years old. He's only 22. And, and look, when, uh, when I saw Jorginho step up, I told my dad, it's over. He, he's going to do that little skip. He's, he's going to put it past uh, Pickford, and Jorginho's going to be the winner. When Pickford got there, my dad and I looked at each other like, oh, my God, I can't believe he got there. So shout out to Pickford, too. You know, Pickford does his thing. Um, I mean, this is literally nitpicking. But the, the one who shot it down the middle, I yelled. I was like, he's going dead center. Uh, obviously, you know, like, of course, I got lucky saying that. But, you know, just I don't know, dude. Um. Like they said on Univision, when you're the home team, it's your obligation not just to win, but to win, to win well, you know? So yeah. I'm look, I, I'm just disappointed that you don't run at Bonucci. 
You don't run at Chiellini. You don't run at Emerson. Emerson, out of all of the Italians, looked the shakiest to me, you know, at, at the back. Well, Obviously, look at what happened when it did. Like, when Saka did try to run, oh, Chiellini did that foul, which... Honestly, the way he pulled his shirt back and choked him out, <laughs> you, know, you could argue it could be a red. It was pretty you, bad. You know, if uh, if if Kalini would have been last man, uh, that would have been a straight red. But, like, yeah. homeboy was gone. Like, he uh, – and obviously, it's, like, the second half of extra time. So, yeah, that plays a part in it, too. But why not give – Jack Grealish about 45, 50 minutes of like, hey, run straight at the 36-year-old. Like, I know he's world-class, but he's 36. Just run at When Jack comes on, when Jack came on, I felt like he knew what he was doing and all his teammates knew what he was doing. They were just too tired to follow. Because... Because they had been defending for their lives for about an hour, you know? Yeah, it was so, definitely um, a difficult game for them. So, you know, um, all I know is, is look, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take my spot kick here. I know he's the first manager to get them to a World Cup semifinal since 1990. I know he's the first manager to... Um, to get them to a final since 66, but he's got to go. He has to... Look, I don't know who you bring in, but with the crop of talent you have here, if you don't take advantage of the window now, you're going to have to wait another 50 years to win something. And look, I get it. It's not easy to get to a a World Cup semifinal and the final of the European Championships, but you need a manager who's going to be like, boys, we got here. We're going to go win it. We're not going to go out and be afraid to lose it. What do you think? Before I um, before I decide whether um, uh, Jordan Pickford and my heroics or I'm going to just be a slump, uh, let me ask you this. Uh, Gareth Southgate, when he took over England, he basically guaranteed that he would take England to the semifinals of the Euro 2020 and then lead England to the 2022 World Cup final. Uh, now that we're here in the Euro 2020, he actually made it to the finals, so he technically overachieved his promise. Uh, do you still feel that way, uh, knowing that the World Cup is coming next year? Yeah, but I mean... Who knows? Okay, look. Okay, the French are still good. Yeah, Ronaldo will be 37 and Messi will be 35-ish. So, you know, who knows um, where Argentina and Portugal will be. Um, You know, obviously Neymar needs help in Brazil. Um, The Belgians are probably done, as as we've discussed before, because their, their center backs are too old. But Spain, Spain, Spain looks good still. Um, yeah. Italy, Italy, um, obviously will uh, will be confident. So 
knowing that you have Spain and uh, Italy and maybe in Argentina, maybe that's just wishful thinking on my end, um, but would you want to give yourself the best chance to have a good showing or would you want to give yourself the best chance to win? Because basically Southgate's just going to be like Declan, Phillips, you're both in and then be like someone just get the ball to Harry and hope he scores or would you want a manager that's going to be like Sancho, you're in. Saka, you're in. Jack, you're starting. Let's go get it. So in terms of um, the point that you're trying to make and your spot kick, I'm going to say I got a palm to it, but it snuck in. I think you do make a good point, and I understand what you're saying. And this final shows exactly what you're saying, that you know this was his chance to kind of showcase his talent as a manager. It was his job to attack, and he refused. It's kind of, it is a little bit worrying heading into the final. But the reason I say I get a palm to it is because you already touched on it. Who do you bring in? Um, uh. The team themselves, you know, they back Southgate. I think it would actually bring morale down if you do it at this point. Um, I Just because of the timing of everything and how much the players love him. Um, so I probably wouldn't do that quite yet. But um I can definitely make the case as well. So I'll go ahead and let that in. Um, with that in mind, we are going to see a pretty rough season, a condensed season for the World oh, Cup for Qatar. Oh, oh absolutely. Uh, how do you think that's going to affect players um, who are developing? So um, Sancho starting at Manchester United in his first season back in England. Uh, Rashford missed the first penalty, which probably won't do good for his confidence because his best performances were coming for England. And Saka, the hope of Arsenal, you know, going back after being, you know, he's going to be looked at as the one who lost it for England. And just real quick, that is so not fair. That's not fair on Bakayo. That's not fair on Marcus. That's not fair on Jaden. Look, you want to know who lost it for England? Whoever Gareth. <laughs> Gareth, Gareth lost it for England. Look, look, and and I get it. You want to make sure the first one goes in. You know that that's why Harry has to take the first one. But don't put your hopes of. Okay, well, first off, England's lucky to get to the fifth one because you know Jorginho usually doesn't miss that. You know, I agree. That's what but, I said too. I said he'll make. He's making this one. Yeah. So, but put putting the hopes and fifty five years of pressure onto Bakay Osaka is not fair. But um, uh, I just I don't know. I mean, look, this is this is England's best window, but you know, some countries aren't that far off. I mean, lo and behold, obviously, like, let's not forget, France are still the world champions, you know, but the French are always going to have a, a bad cap in one way or another. They're French. It's, it's what they do. But, you know, 
if they get their, I'm going to try not, not to cuss too much on today's podcast. If they get their S word together, obviously, like, they're the team to beat. Spain's not that far off. Um, a lot of South American countries will need to retool if they want to make a run. Uruguay, Chile, Argentina, uh, Brazil. But, I, I mean, I'm sure they will. And then, you know, especially in England, with England not taking a winter break, Usually, um, a lot of these guys are going to come in tired. Um, Phillips is crucial at Leeds. Harry's going to lead the line essentially at Manchester City. Um, Sterling will always probably start at City as well. Um, Maguire is your captain, so good luck telling him to be like, hey, we're going to arrest you. No. You know, right, Maguire's. Yeah. Maguire's not going to get benched. Um, Stones is vital at United. Um, apparently, Stones at City. Oh uh, yeah, uh, sorry. Um, apparently, everyone used to think um, Laporte carried Stones. Obviously not. You know. So uh, Stones is class. Um, but here, here's a spot take that I'm willing to take. Um, since we're touching a little bit on the next World Cup. Um, I think Qatar 2022, not because of location or because of all the changes going, and even with a condensed schedule and all the games that the players are expected to go through, I think it's going to be um, a very memorable World Cup. Um, looking at each squad, and even as we're talking about it, the more I think about it, um, it's only a year away, right? Yeah. Um, but we're going to see the end of a lot of eras. So it's going to be really hard not to imagine Argentina very specifically building around Messi this World Cup to get the best out of them. Um, mm-hmm. Portugal very specifically. And before people come at me saying they like that, that it's always been that way. It's like not exactly. No, no. They've no. always tried to combine players with these guys. So, mm-hmm. you know, like, for example, remember the whole Messi Dybala thing. How are we going to figure it out? And that cost them a lot of games. Um, things uh, like that. So um, I think it's going to be a different. Go ahead. Apparently, the way to figure out the whole Messi Dybala thing is leave Dybala off the squad and yeah. you win something. But anyway, it's either ahead. that or Dybala rides the bench and doesn't play any minutes because he plays the same role as Messi, just not as great. But exactly. um, anyway, the same thing with Portugal and Ronaldo. Um, and England don't exactly have that player quite yet, but they're going to be able to do it with Harry Kane. Um, the French will do it with, I think they're going to end up doing it with Karim Benzema after a strong return. Uh, everybody, almost everybody has that player that they're going to try to build around. Uh, Belgium have Lukaku that they're yeah. going to kind of pin their hopes on and say, hey, this is basically our ticket into the knockout phase. Because once you get to the knockout phase, it's fair game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, correct oh. me correct me if I'm wrong, David, but this is the last 32-team World Cup, correct? Uh, I think so. I think. So, you know, um, and obviously, like, we can't see about let's see, we're in July, so we're five months away from December, so we can't see 17 months into the future, 
We don't know what the groups will shake out be, to be, but I can kind of tell you how England's qualification campaign will go. They'll probably win like nine out of their 10 group games and come in with a lot of confidence. Um, uh, South America's qualification is just a bloodbath, really, that Argentina yeah. and Brazil more than likely survive. And then, like, Uruguay or Chile, like, or even Paraguay scrape through and, you know, grab a place. Um, I'm going to be honest with you, the CONCACAF qualification thing confuses me now. I don't know why they changed it. Obviously, the answer is money. But, uh... And that's sad just, quality. Yeah, and so, um, that's going to be a, a war of attrition, but we know Mexico, U.S., and then um, it'll be between um, Costa Rica, Honduras, and Panama to grab that third spot. Um, right now, I'd have to back the Costa Ricans. Uh, don't tell my maternal grandma because most of her family was born in Honduras, but I just think Costa Rica is better. But, um, you know, this next World Cup will be memorable, like you said, for that very reason. Uh, a lot of the guys that we, you know, got used to in our late teens to 20s to I'm I'm in my 30s. You're almost 30. Like that's a, that's a huge chunk of that's uh, a generation. Yeah, exactly. Um, that's a huge chunk of our lives that a, a lot of the guys um, we grew up seeing. You know what? I think you're right. Your spot kick goes into it'll be a an end of an era tournament, but uh, thank you for bringing this up. Um, so obviously, um, David, you have kids, uh, young kids, uh, 10, 10, 12 years from now, when they ask, Hey dad, what was it like to watch Messi play every weekend? Hey dad, what was it like to watch Ronaldo play every weekend? You know, because you could show them on YouTube, but Obviously, there's nothing like sitting down and watching one of them take a free kick or make a run or watching Ronaldo jump 50 feet in the air to get to a ball, you know? Yeah. You know? It's it's special, man. I mean, I have a 2008 Manchester United um, Cristiano Ronaldo jersey, original, authentic, uh, with Ooh. the actual Premier League name set. Um, oh. I'll post that on the socials. Uh, hey. that way y'all can take follow a look us on Instagram. Um, yeah follow us on Instagram um, and actually before we we even uh, be- begin to wrap this up I do want to thank everybody that's been listening and sharing uh, in less than a week that our pods uh, been active we've had enough listeners to where I'm getting analytics back which oh, you know it's wow. pretty cool to to see this grow as quick as it has so if you have, you know, other friends who are super into footy, soccer, whatever you want to call it, we don't care. Share it with them. Have them take a listen. We're everywhere now, officially. Um, share the Instagram, uh, review, uh, subscribe, whatever you need to do. Just show us some love. Um, please, please. You do. want to add to that, Eddie? Um, look, you guys, um, David and I enjoy doing this. But the more feedback we get from you guys, the better we can make it, not just for ourselves, but for you, the listener as well. 
Um, if you're listening and you're our friend, personally, if you're my friend, I know I've bugged the hell out of you to listen. So thank you. Um, I hope you all are doing well. Um, if you guys want us to cover other leagues like Serie A, La Liga, Ligon, um, you know, Bundesliga, whatever, uh, Bundesliga, uh, let us know. Um, I mean, I'm sure David and I won't get bored of watching a lot of soccer. Uh, we pretty much do it anyway, but it, if we could do it and it helps you guys enjoy the sport more, why not? Um, like David said, please follow us on Insta and, uh, yeah, just let us know what you guys want to hear. We'll talk about it. And that is at podcast uh, from the spot. And yeah. uh, before we wrap this up, Eddie Guatemala, Playo Salvador, you are torn in half on this. I know that. But with kickoff being, you know, in about a couple hours here at time of recording, uh, who do you got? I'm, uh, like I told you, um, because it's the first group game, I'm hoping for a tie, damn it. Um, you know, if, if it was like a situation where El Salvador needed to beat Wate to get to the knockout stage, um, then I would root for El Salvador and vice versa. If it was Wate needing to beat El Salvador to get through, then I, I would root for Wate. But because it's the first group game, I'm hoping for a tie. Thank you, David, for teeing me up because I just want to show love to uh, Trinidad and Tobago's goalkeeper for basically having the performance of his life. Um, I know he almost, you know, murdered Chucky Lozano, but that's beside the point <laughs> because he got bombarded for 90 minutes and he didn't let one in. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, he lets one in, but, you know, offside flag. So it's all good. It's all good. Um, it, it can't be easy to end up saving, like, eight or nine shots in 90 minutes. And, and I'm not just talking about shots that are straight at me. I'm talking about, like, holy crap, I got to get there. You're like, I'm going to die. Like, <laughs> <laughs> You know, um, real quick, um, I want to make a reference. So... Thousands of years ago, Julius Caesar left Rome and he sailed to Britain to conquer um, the native peoples there and basically um, make sure the Roman Empire was the biggest empire in all of Europe. And hundreds of years later, Mancini took his legion of um, 20 some odd Italian men and conquered all of Europe once again. So the Roman Empire lives uh, centuries later, uh, led by a man named Roberto Mancini, who also um, said that as a player, when he played for Italy, he didn't, um, he didn't um, do as well as he had hoped and that he had a debt with his national team. Well, his debt mm -hmm. with his nation is paid. Um, he's always been a class manager, so I hope he gets the recognition now that he deserves. It wasn't just a fluke over at City. Um, David, I, I know that's hard for you to hear, especially the way that season ended. Um, oh, so, but it wasn't a fluke. Uh, you know, he conquered England once again. 
this time with this national team. So good for him. Well, I think that's a beautiful way uh, for Eddie to say his last piece. But my last piece that I definitely want to get out um, as we say goodbye is um, even if you're not a fan of CONCACAF, which I will tell you right now, I am not. I think MLS is trash. The national teams are trash. I don't think it's worthwhile. Watch Guatemala at the CONCACAF. You're going to ask yourself why. Let me tell you why. So the only reason Guatemala is in this tournament is because Curaçao had way too much COVID-19 positives. So they needed a replacement team. For some reason, they chose Guatemala and they're giving us this platform to embarrass ourselves worldwide. No, no. Here's why. And here's why. And shout out to Maynard if Maynard's listening because he's the one that put me on. So, okay, so I mentioned it earlier real quick. Um, The CONCACAF World Cup qualification is utterly confusing. I don't get it. But apparently Curaçao and Guate were, um, were in the same group and were tied on points uh, 10 to 10 when they played each other. I want to say about three weeks, three weeks ago. And um, what they went over to Curaçao, it was a nil-nil draw. Um, and Curaçao got through on goal difference. I believe they were a plus 14. We were a plus 13. So we got eliminated from World Cup qualification by one goal. And... Uh, I think that's why CONCACAF chose us because we played Curaçao to a nil-nil draw in Curaçao and basically shouldn't have been eliminated from World Cup qualifying. But, you know, also their manager is Patrick Clivert. Did you know that? Hey, I am all for this embarrassing tournament for myself. You know what? Um, I'm looking forward to watching Guatemala get destroyed. I am buying a rainbow wig. It's going to be fun. Well, look, they won't get destroyed by El Salvador if it makes you feel any better. I mean, as as much as it does, it also doesn't because El Salvador is also going to get destroyed in that group. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So on that, thanks, you guys, for listening. Um, That was fun. I guess this is a bonus. We'll be back soon. And uh, we'll talk some more footy. Um, yeah, we'll probably do some league preview soon. So let us know what leagues you want us to preview. Yes, sir. All right. Good night awesome. and thank you. We'll talk right. to you soon. Bye, everyone. Uh, hello, ladies and gentlemen. So we are here to review the Copa America final and the Euro final. We have a special guest here with my son Mateo and as always we have 